Hey everyone, before we get to the episode, I'd like to share a little word with you from our sponsors, Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? At Odds Crowds, our friends are challenging you to prove it this fantasy season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contests. One of my favorite things to do is be betting and not actually have to lose any actual cash. There's over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs, both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place risk-free fantasy bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players are rising up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download, you can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, and set up private fantasy contests with your buddies and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com. to yet another episode of Rookie on the Rise. It is episode 69. Nice. Always wonderful to get back in your eardrums, in your canals, vibrating those little bones that make sounds into words, you know, all the good stuff. Uh, I'm really excited to be here today. You are getting me at like a 85, 90% sober version. I went wine tasting for a venue earlier, so it's going to get a little spicy, y'all. It's going to get a little spicy. It'll be fun. Uh, I'm really excited to bring in our guest today. You can find him on Twitter at fanatics underscore rich. He writes for, or he contributes to the Debbie dashboard, which is ironically what I contribute to amongst others. Um, rich is one of the dudes that is always very excited to tell his story and tell his tale and what he sees. And he's unwavered with what he sees, but he's not so unwavered that he's unable to adjust. He's been in the military for 16 years, but we're not going to talk about that because honestly, at this point, you know, he's just bragging and we don't we don't like to inflate rich's ego too much but anyways welcome in rich what is going on brett my friend i tell you what the introduction there was awesome uh this coming on here has been in, been in the works for a little bit uh super excited to finally get on here with you to talk some uh, some running backs here today i'm i'm excited and it's gonna be beautiful and we are going to get all sorts of weird and that's just what we're here for we're here to get weird Let's do it. Uh, and also talk about rookies. But, you know, that's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's secondary. To, who comes to Rookie on the Rise to listen to rookies? But you're not. Secondary right there. We got to get weird. Exactly. <laughs> but I like to get into the goods. We're going to get into the question of the show because let's keep this baby rolling. All right. So, Rich, have you ever bought a commercial product? And by that, I mean when you're up late at night, like 11 or 12, and you have the TV on because there's nothing better to do. And you more than likely not have a cold beer in your hand and or scotch or whiskey. And it's like the latest, greatest invention, a pasta twirler for you. What? Have you bought anything like that? And do you so still I gotta, have it? Yeah. So I got to say, like, I, I saw this and it couldn't be like, <clears throat> so I haven't had cable. I haven't paid for cable in God, maybe seven years or so. Right. So we're going way back here. Uh, but 
I want to say it was, I think the last time I bought something off of a commercial was like 10 years ago, right? So you remember back in back 10, 10 years ago or so, you always had those Bowflex commercials, right? Mm-hmm. It was like that, that Bowflex hype, right? Uh, so I ended up buying Bowflex interchangeable dumbbells, right? So I remember I, those. Yeah. So I bought Bowflex interchangeable dumbbells because, you know, it's great to have them at the house. Yeah. You, you didn't have to have multiple sets. Yeah. Uh, so I, I bought those and I actually still do have them. I still use them. <laughs> I remember those because they're like, it was so smart. It's like five to 35 pounds. You just click Dude, them and they just yeah. take on. It's genius. Yeah. And like, like, like obviously now you have them all over the place, but back then, like you didn't, you didn't have anybody that made those. Those were like state, state of the art. So like, yeah, yeah. Whoever, I, I dropped a pretty penny for those. <laughs> whoever thought of that must have gotten a fat check because that was an absolute hit. They got a which, great Christmas bonus. They a, a great Christmas bonus. <laughs> which I mean, honestly, at this point is what we're going to be talking about with our new big boy Breeze Hall. So as always, I like to focus on the metrics. I like to talk about the strengths of a rookie. I like to focus on things they do well because. We have so much time between now and when these rookies will actually step foot and play a preseason game where it's really easy to look at them and look at them and look at them and look at them. And And you say, oh, my God, Brees Hall actually cuts at a 35 degree angle when he should be cutting a 25 degree angle. He goes and running back seven now. Banish him. Just doesn't work that way. It's hard. It's really easy to get to get boiled down to diluted on these rookies and what they're bad at. Or conversely, to get so fantasized with rookies like a Jalen Rager, Brit, you dumb shit. And like, oh my God, he looks so good. I'm gonna rank him forever. But it doesn't work that way. So Brees Hall is the god of this class. He has currently second round draft project projection. He's a 44th overall, according to NFL mock draft database a couple of days ago. His raw stats from college, he has 3,920 total career rushing yards. He has 743 receiving yards. His best season was in 2020 when he ran for 1,562 yards and he had 181 receiving yards. He beat that this year with 310 receiving yards, but with a ton more receptions. He had 1,774 total yards in 2021, 23 touchdowns two less than the year before. Brees Hall has been automatic for basically his entire inception being at Iowa State. So, Rich, when you turn on Brees Hall's film and you get sexy with it and you get jiggy with it, what pops out to you the most? What do you think is going to translate to the NFL field? And what do you think is his best trait? Well, I mean, so when we get into Brees Hall, I think that uh, I think that he's probably the most complete back in this draft class. OK, I mean, you've read the, the, the raw stats from from his career, and I believe last year, if I remember correctly, he led the nation in rushing yards. OK, mm-hmm. uh, now this year he had a drop in offensive line uh, play. Right. So early in the year, everybody's like, oh, what's wrong with Brees Hall? What's wrong with Brees Hall? Nothing's wrong with Brees Hall. Right. I think that his greatest uh, strengths are his vision and his patience. All right. Uh, he allows his his offensive line to set up blocks. Uh, he's able to, to see the hole and when he sees it, he has great burst through the hole. Okay. Uh, he also has the ability to manipulate linebackers, right? So if he's stretching, say to the tackle on either side, he'll make that linebacker go to the edge where he knows that he's cutting it back into basically that vacated spot from that linebacker. Right. So, I mean, I think that he's of the top running backs. I think that he is the best pass catcher. 
He's the most pure pass catcher. He's very natural. He doesn't fight the ball. Uh, I've said this a few times, I think, on the huddle show, where I remember a, a fourth down play last year against Baylor, uh, and it was a, a throw to him on the sidelines, and he made this one-handed grab to keep the ch- to keep the drive alive. And, I mean, just the pass catching is incredible. So I, I, I really think that he's a complete back, but if I had to pick one or two things, it's his vision and his patience and his burst uh, to that, that second level. I love it. I am so into everything that Brees Hall does. Um, I, I mean, there's some things that he does that are, you know, you want better, but just what he brings raw upside and it's, it, it's unrivaled. It is. It's just unrivaled. And it, I mean, if Isaiah Spiller was able to run faster than like slant, like AT Perry, then maybe we would have a conversation with him and Hall, but Hall's, home run abilities and just his ability as a pass catcher makes him the running back with probably the highest upside and the best profile. That being said though, uh, what would you say his most concerning issue is in terms of being an NFL player? So I think if you had to pick something, uh, I think it's his top end speed, his home run ability, right? Uh, I mean, he can break long runs. Yes, but more than likely at the NFL level, he's going to get caught from behind, which is perfectly, I mean, it's perfectly fine. Right. Uh, He'll get 40 yards instead of 50 or, or whatever, right? Another thing is he plays in the Big 12, okay? So the lack of competition, it's not the SEC, like Isaiah Spiller. And it's not the Big 10, like Kenneth Walker, right? Uh, so the competition is a little bit lacking, and Big 12 defenses are fairly bad. Like, I mean, they, they can't tackle worth a crap. Um, so I think that those are the two main concerns for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it's fair, right? And that's what's so nice about talking about these players is you're – pulling at loose ends of a really well-sewn shirt or whatever you want. You know, they're a really good, solid, rounded out player. And so when you're looking for things that you got, so think about it, it, There's not a lot to go off of. There's just not. Uh, yeah. And it's what's nice. Well, and I was, to, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say that when we get to the top of like these running backs, like the tier one or, 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 or tier two that you have, really the thing that separates is you're going to nitpick. You know what I mean? You have to find something uh, negative because if you're only finding positives, well, then can you really trust your evaluation? Yeah. You know, hundred percent, 100 percent. And it's nice because Brees Hall's metrics profile is absolutely tantalizing. It makes you all sorts of moist in all the right places. <laughs> so overall in his career, he had an 87th percentile, 56.17 career, uh, career run yard or like rushes a run market share, right? So he had basically through his career at Iowa state, he had just over half of all the rushes while he was there, which is 87th percentile. He had a reception market share of 9.34%, which is an 83rd percentile. He had a 7.14% target share, which is going to be well within the right means. This, his final year at a 9.21%, which is really fucking good. His touchdown market share doesn't matter, but he had 37.58%. Because he got in, the, he got in the, the uh, he got in the end zone often. He accounted for thirty four one point zero seven percent of the offense, which is just absolutely wonderful, ninety nine percentile. And for total uh, scrimmage yards market share, he accounted for twenty eight point two seven percent, which is a ninety seven percentile. So there's a trend here. It's always eightieth percentile and up. Now when we look in the advanced metrics, we get really sexy with it, right? I'm gonna focus on his twenty twenty one and twenty twenty year. So in twenty twenty, he had a three point four three yards per team attempt which is the 98th percentile. In 2021, he had a 3.59 yards per team attempt, which is fucking awesome, all right? Listen, 
When we're talking about efficiency, we want our running backs to be efficient because that way you have a Javante Williams that's efficient with his touches, all right? Because that's what you want. If they're not efficient, then they're not Javante Williams. They're like Michael Carter, and they shit the bed or insert whatever rookie that gets a, that gets a snap share and isn't able to take the most of it. Brees Hall had a 40.5% dominator rating in 2021. He had an elite breakout in 2020. He was two percentiles off, two-tenths of a percent off from a freshman breakout, 19.8%. It sucks, but we're going to move on. We can't do anything about it, all right? He had yards created after contact of 2.83 his last year, which is down from what he had in 2020 of 3.34. He had 74 missed tackles. His let's see his junior year and he had 63 mixed tackles his sophomore year he accounted he had a backfield dominator rating of 82.9 which is excellent because what we want to see is we want to see running backs that are efficient running backs that have handled the load because if they can handle load in college it means they're going to be able to handle the load in the nfl and we want to see improvements year after year after year Brees hall has marked all of that off now, the one thing that's going to throw a wrench in Brees Hall's life, and it's not a big wrench, but what's going to happen is, is you're going to see the combine happen. What you want from running backs, and I'm going to talk about this in a podcast, so I'll keep it short. When we're, talking about, when we're talking about running backs and what we want in the combine, you want to see them depending on their weight. And it's, it's a formula I don't expect you to talk about. I'll bring it up during the combine and I'll be live tweeting it. So make sure to follow what I'm doing. It'll be fun, but you want to see a speed score over hundred. You want to see burst and agility scores that are just out of the world. The reason is, is the more athletic the running back is, especially when they have a production in a profile like Reese Hall's, the higher their ceiling raises, right? You have a ton of bins and you pour a lot of water in the athletic bin for running backs because it's so goddamn important. It's not as technical as a wide receiver. That's when it comes to tight end and running back. You want athletic guys because at the end of the day, those that are the most athletic are going to be yielding and creating the biggest success factor, right? So luckily all that stuff was made by the Debbie dashboard, which I just want to say, Joel, Brandon, Seth, you guys killed this. Uh, it makes my life as a metrics nerd just so much nicer. It, it really does. It really is and amazing. It, it is. It, there's nothing better from that. Um, and now I, I do have one question for you, Rich. Um, we had Chuba Hubbard hyped the last two years. Uh, and then he came in this year um, and he, you know, he faltered. He just, it, it, it wasn't there. It wasn't there for him. So those of us that have acute traumatic stress syndrome, should I be concerned that Brees Hall and Chuba Hubbard have a similar playing style and Brees and Chuba Hubbard didn't succeed in the NFL or is Brees Hall like different enough and better back than Chuba that it isn't going to matter? No, I think that they're completely different backs, right? So Chuba Hubbard uh, really flourished in that, uh, that zone blocking scheme at Oklahoma state, right? So they would, they would give him a lot of stretch plays and then he would find that, uh, that crease and cut it back. Right. So he's a really good one cut running back. Uh, he's got really good top end speed, um, but he doesn't have lateral quickness. Um, whereas Brees Hall lacks that top end speed. But I mean, you just went over the, the missed tackles for 74 and 63 the last two years. He has lateral, lateral quickness, right? He has the ability to make people miss in holes. He's got the ability to make linebackers miss at the second level, right? So I think that they're just completely different running backs. Um, 
I just think that that Brees Hall is just a, a overall better all around running back. Okay, I, I it makes me feel good. Uh, I there's a lot of similarities from class to class that I just somehow need. I sometimes just need to talk it out with people because it makes me scared, especially how how highly I was going to rank Brees Hall in 2019 or not Brees Hall, well, uh, Juba Hubbard in 2019. Well, I mean, and you got to think about it too. I think the 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 year before he came out, uh, Chuba Hubbard did lead the nation in rushing. Yeah. So, I mean, he just couldn't put it together after that. I think that he had a lot of issues with that. He was really kind of scheme dependent, I think. Yeah. Do you have Brees Hall as your top running back, would you say? I do. Yeah. So I, I have him as, as my number one. Is that a close gap between him and Spiller for you? N- not really. I think that there's a small tier gap uh, between Brees Hall and the next two. Uh, yeah. We were actually just talking pre-show. I'm actually uh, fairly close to moving Kenneth Walker up to my number two uh, in front of side. yeah, in front of Spiller. I'm close. I'm not there yet. Uh, but I I just I not to get off topic. I get really excited when I'm watching Kenneth Walker. I don't blame you. We just talked about Kenneth Walker with Corey, and I had yeah. a I was engorged. <laughs> <laughs> People, calm down. Don't turn me off yet. It's still fun. He's not kidding. I'm like 95% sober now. All right. So like, there's just a little jokery, maybe not. Uh, I want to talk about another running back, a running back that actually most people sort of writ off a little bit. Um, and myself included, I, I, I saw what he did at Florida and I said, I don't know why he's even at the senior bowl, honestly. And the reason why is because no one understood why he got so much disrespect at Florida. And it's Damian Pierce. The dude balled out at the Senior Bowl. If there is one guy that rose his stock the absolute most, it is Damian Pierce, 110%. He was more he was more talked about than Tyler Batty. He was more talked about than Rashad White. He was just the guy that was just making everyone sing his phrases. And let me let me just break down for you his career numbers, all right? So as his career, he had 1,380 rush yards. Brees Hall had more than that in a season. He had 21 receptions for 40, or he had 21 rushing touchdowns total. Brees Hall had more than that in a season total. Or he had 21 rushing touchdowns for Damian Pierce. Uh, Pierce had 40 total receptions for 102, 402 yards. You're going to trend here, folks. He had, his career total scrimmage yards was 1,754 and 25 total touchdowns. But I don't, I'm not mad at the dude, right? But from a productivity standpoint, you look at him and you just say, why? What the hell happened? How did you go so good at the senior bowl and do so well and blow everyone away and be so bad and unused at Florida? So, Rich, is this a case similar to Malik Willis where it's not that Damian Pierce, Pierce or Malik Willis is elite by any means, but the competition was so poor that just because they were above average, they looked great. Or is Damian Pierce actually someone that kind of suffered from the stupidity of Florida State? So, real, I want to give a shout out real quick. Not that he needs my help at all, but uh, somebody on, t- on Twitter actually a while back just kind of mentioned it, uh, mentioned about about Damian Pierce, and it, it made me take a closer look. Uh, so, Adam Lewis uh, on Twitter, he's a big Florida fan, and and he had he just kind of mentioned, uh, you know. Damian Pierce, Damian Pierce, take a look at him. You know what I mean? Uh, so when I dove in, I mean, this kid has talent. Like, I don't understand what the coaching staff was doing there. Uh, they were rotating running backs, re- like, regularly. Uh, Damian Pierce this season had 119 touches. 
he had 16 touchdowns. He averaged 5.7 yards per rush this year. Like if, 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 so I went back obviously last night prepping for this, watched a couple of the games, you turn on the Tennessee game. Every time this dude touches the ball, it's like he got shot out of a cannon. Right. I think he's, I think he's about 220 pounds on top of that. The dude's a wrecking ball. I don't, I like, I can't comprehend why he, why Dan Mullen did not use this guy more often. Right. Like it, it doesn't make sense. And that's why I love having guys like you, Rich, is because you guys actually watch the film in depth, which I just, I don't, because I don't know what I'm looking for. And I don't want to waste my time watching dudes run and just say that that looks great. Works for me. I just bring people that are smarter than me. That's how I do these things. I, I, I outsource. All right. I'm not an idiot. People, I'm not dumb. I'm just not smart either. But yeah, I mean, Damian Pierce, like that's what the one thing that was common is he's a literal wrecking ball at the senior bowl. Old boy runs fast. He smashes folk in the face, just like Marshawn. And then he keeps doing better. It's it's bizarre. I mean, if anything, it's an indictment on how dumb Mullen is. Dude, I like I don't I can't comprehend it, right? He had 19 receptions this year, which is which is good, you know. Yeah, uh, one one thing that I know we're gonna get into the, the concerns, but one thing that kind of concerns me is the passing game usage. But when I see him getting passes thrown to him, he, he doesn't fight the ball. I mean, he might allow it to get into his body a little too often, but it's not like he's clapping at the ball. You know what I mean? Uh, so he, he has the ability to do it. And I just, I don't understand why Dan Mullen did not use this guy above the other options that he had, or even if he wanted to do that rotation, make Pierce the number one in that rotation. You know what I mean? Like this, I, I think that this dude is going to establish a role at the next level. It might just be a, a two down back or a complimentary piece. Um, but the, like I said, the guy's 220 and, and he has some juice. Like yeah, I, he's, yeah. he's somebody to take a shot on. He, he's going to be very exciting to look at when it comes to the combine, which is, I, it's, it's, it's happening. This is going to come out on Monday, tomorrow. And so yeah. you're all going to get this prior to the combine. So you just you need to pay attention to Damian Pierce and what he runs and what he's able to do in his underwear, because it's going to really help his draft stock if he doesn't blow up. Um, what would you say his most translatable skill is as a running back to the NFL? I, I think it's the physicality and just that juice that you talk about, right? So he, like I said, he, it, look, it looks like he shot out of a cannon, right? So he gets the ball and he just, the burst through to the second level is incredible. Uh, and then, like I said, he's just, it's, it's impossible to tackle this guy. Uh, he's got a low center of gravity. He gets, he uses really good pad level, uh, Kind of similar. He's now. He, I'm not comparing him to this player. Uh, this is very similar to Devonte Javante Williams when he was at mm-hmm. UNC. Like mm-hmm. it's very difficult to tackle this guy because of that low center of gravity and the way that he runs with his pad level. You know what I mean? Uh, like I said, it, he's not going to. He doesn't have that ceiling. Um, right. But the running style is, is very similar. Yeah, I mean that's perfect. You want that physicality, especially in the NFL. Uh, hopefully maybe Seattle will take a shot on him a little later because we have a lot of openings and Pete Carroll's an idiot. And so he likes he, smash mouth players fit that scheme. He would fit that scheme beautifully. And I think also importantly is we talked a little bit about his pass catching chops and being a little concerned with the 19 receptions isn't bad, especially when you juxtapose it with his yards per reception of 11.4, which is just engorging, truly engorging, uh, which is probably the show title at this point is just, an engorged blacklist or blacklisted engorged one of the two probably both honestly it's gorgeous it's sold it's there blacklisted and engorged but what do you have any other concerns with pierce other than like 
he didn't get really, really involved as a pass catcher. Yeah, I mean, like the usage at Florida is is a concern, right? So personally, me, and then obviously hearing Adam Lewis talk about this on Twitter, I just think Dan Mullen was an idiot, right? Uh, but, I mean, you have to have that as a concern. Why did he not get more action, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then obviously, like like we talked about the passing game, I, I in my notes I said looks okay. You know what I mean? He's he doesn't look great, doesn't look good, but he doesn't look bad either. I think that he is serviceable in limited in limited limited opportunities, which is important. So, can you really briefly break down for those that may or may not be me what the difference is in what you're looking for when you're talking about like fighting the ball when you're when you're receiving it or when you're just letting it kind of hit your hands nice and softly i know when people are there they talk about are you able to hear the ball being caught because you shouldn't you shouldn't hear a big clap when they're caught but on video how do you kind of gauge that right so really you want to look and see if they have soft hands are they are they uh moving their hands to hands to receive the ball or are they leaving it stiff or are they closing their hands, trying to catch the ball around the sides of it. Right. So if you think about it, when the receiver, you know, holds up their hands, do they bring it in as the, as it's getting to them? Right. So you talk about the, the sound, right. When you do that, you barely hear any sound uh, when they're bringing it into their body. Whereas if somebody's really stiff, it's going to be loud when they catch it. Um, and that means that they're fighting the ball. Right. So that might be, that could be just technique. It could be confidence. I mean, it could just be ability. Right. Um, now he does, he will allow the ball to get really close to his body as well uh, at times. So just kind of see him extend that, those, those arms during, during the combine, because they're going to go through pass passing drills, uh, seeing him extend the extended arms and basically bring the ball in rather than catching it into his, either his chest or his side. Yeah. And I, it's, I'm glad you brought the combine because they run the gauntlet, which they're running straight. Um, if you guys ever watched the league, you remember Kevin, one episode getting shelled doing the gauntlet <laughs> in his underwear with the other, like, I think it was 2014, 2013 prospects. It was great, great, great show. <laughs> great, great episode. But I want to briefly talk about some good uh, metrics that I saw with Damian Pierce, because like I said, and Rich Youth said as well, he just he wasn't used, but he had 52% of the touchdown market share as the running backs, which is fucking awesome. And really speaks to what he was able to do. He only had 16% of the total offense and he had 18% of the total yards, like a total yard market share, scrimmage yards, right? Uh, what, and it was good to see that he, he broke a 5% threshold for target share, his, his, uh, the 2021 season, which is important. Um, and like we said, it's difficult because it, it could be a similar situation to like Kenneth Walker at, at Michigan State where they just didn't target the, the running backs a ton. So the fact that he at least had 5%, it, it's, it's like bottom of the barrel, but it's better than what he had last year. The year before that was like 4.8% or whatever. And I know it doesn't really matter, but when we're talking about these things, thresholds are important because the more boxes you check, the higher likelihood you have for a prospect of being a hit, because realistically we're shooting, we're shooting worse than Shaq from the free throw line, right? Like 33% when we're talking about rookies drafting the first round of your rookie drafts, we're dropping that shit down like 20% in the second round. And that's like the first half of the second round, like 210 isn't valuable from like a, a percentage standpoint unless you're taking 10 shots and you're going to hit like maybe get two or three, if you're lucky. I mean, if you listen to us, ideally you're hitting on more than that, but just from a strictly statistical standpoint, you are unlikely to hit on those players. And so when you hit on them, you just think all things that are, that are wonderful and Royal. He was, he, he barely broke the threshold for his yards per team attempt as a, as an efficiency metric, which is really nice. 
He had a 1.55 in 2021. And, and like I said, he did grow and get better as a running back. He had a dominator rating of 34.8%, which is wonderful. And it's nice that he had a breakout, let it, albeit a, a junior breakout, but he had a breakout. He had 3.65 yards created after contact per attempt. He had 39 missed tackles forced, which is 76 percentile. His backfield dominator was 47, 45.7. So this makes sense because we're, we're talking about Pierce. Pierce is one of those middling tier guys where it, it, everything's so fluid after three that Pierce very easily with a couple people shit in the bed and Pierce just blowing up the combine uh, compounded with him getting really good draft capital. He very well could be top five. It, I would call that a, a 10% scenario, but it's possible. It, anything is possible right now in this class, which is why it's so difficult because there's such few guarantees. There's no Jonathan Taylors. There's no Trevor Lawrence's. There's no Jamar Chase's. There's no Devonta Smith's, right? We're just, we're taking pot shots and hoping some stick. We have got a couple blue chips, but not a ton of blue chips. So I like Damian Pierce. I, we talked why he struggled in Florida. And I think hopefully what I'm hoping we get is we're going to get some interviews about these players and we should get some really shortly. I think they could, they fly into um, the combine on the first, I believe of March. And so we're going to get a bunch of, in, we're going to get a lot of smoke. And we're going to get a lot of really important stuff. And it's going to be really important to see if there's any noise about Damian Pierce from his interviews, because it could be, it, there have been a past where you've had players like this and really talented, but unable to be utilized by the coaching staff. And it's a mindset thing. It's a dry thing. It's if I want it. Right. So it could come out. If we start seeing reports like Damian Pierce was interviewed and he's had a bunch of really bad interviews or something like that, like that's going to be something that's going to be concerning because when we're talking about these players that aren't top tier and even top tier, but aren't top tier, you really need to be honing in on those, not those intangible things. We can't, hit on because they're really, really important. As a blacklisted member of this podcast, Brandon Lejeune says, intangibles matter. So right now, Rich, where would you say that you have Damian Pierce ranks on your on your uh, running back ranks? Yeah, so, I mean, like you said earlier, anything from RB4 all the way to even RB15 for me is is fluid, right? They could, they could move up or down depending on how the wind blows. Uh, after the combine, I think a lot of that is going to get straightened out. Um, but right now I have him as my RB eight in this class. Um, I could very easily see him going all the way up to RB five, RB four. Right. right. Uh, the, the, I mean, the people above him, I have Tyler Algier, Brian Robinson, Jerome Ford and Kyron Williams. I could easily with, with a strong combine and strong interviews, I could easily see him going above all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be difficult to get above Williams because I really, really like Kyron, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I agree. I agree. So I, I, I yeah, I got, I got him at eight right now. I got him at 10 and I, I got him sandwiched right now, just behind Brian Robinson and just ahead of Zonovan Knight. Um, and just like you said, right. We, until we have more information, we're just really doing our best to kind of get them in a range. That's what I'm doing right now with my rankings. I want to get them in a, a, a close range. Right. So when I do rankings like this and I, I don't like doing them like this, but Brandon asked and damn it, Brandon asked, we deliver, but I want them to be in like a tiered range, right. To where I'd rather rank them a little conservatively at first and then slowly budge them up instead of like having them ranked really highly and then dropping that shit. Like it's real hot because of X, Y, and Z. So I, 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 I agree with you 100%. I think it's, it's a very interesting and, fluid situation which i'm excited about 
And, you know, it, the nice thing for, for Damian Pierce is, is that he came out, I think he's, this is senior year, right? He came yeah. out as senior. Uh, yeah, yeah, because he went to senior bowl, Britt. You dumbass! Yeah. Oh, my well, God! But what I really, I'm impressed by some players, and we've had a handful of guys from smaller schools that came out their junior year, declared early. And that's really rare when we're talking about these small school guys because uh, Matt Kelly had a, made a really great point in the Pod Father in one of his episodes. And I, I, he's the dude that got me into metrics. He's like listening to him and Josh Larkin taught me a lot about what I know. Uh, Peter Howard, guys like that. When you have someone that stays four years at a lower school, it, it makes sense because they need more on their resume to be drafted higher. So when you have a guy like Sincere McCormick come out his junior year, at playing for UTSA, which if you ask a dude on the street what UTSA stands for, is, ain't nobody going to tell you what that is. University, a University Tech of San Antonio, I believe it is. Yeah, University of Texas, San Antonio. University of Texas, San Antonio, right? No one knows the fuck that is. But we all do now because Sincere McCormick is dropping schlong whenever he touches the ball. Old boy's got size. Old boy's got production. The only thing that's going to really determine him is, again – this is a broken record folks, but combine and also draft capital. Sincere McCormick ran for 4,709, 1,000, excuse me, not 4,000, 1,479 rushing yards in 2021. And he, he tacked onto that 23 receptions for 183 yards. He had 15 total touchdowns each year. He has gotten progressively better and better and better. When we're talking about a late season, a sleeper, Sincere McCormick truly is one of the best guys you can be looking at. McCormick, uh, Keontae Ingram, Pierre Strong, these are the three guys that are just going to be ravaged in the third round, and you should strongly tune in for why. So, Rich, what do you think Sincere McCormick brings to the table the best to the NFL? Yeah, so before we get into him, I'm a huge McCormick fan. All right, so I'm in a lot of C2C leagues, um, and before last season – I drafted him as many places as I could. It actually got to a point where uh, one another guy that works uh, that is a contributor on the on the the dashboard, Joel Humphreys, he he messaged me off the side. He's like, "What the heck are you doing with this sincere McCormick? Like, stop drafting him." Uh, but anyway, uh, like you said, he's got size. He's five nine, roughly two hundred pounds. Hopefully, when he when he gets to the combine, he could be about two ten. Um, I really really like his vision and burst. Right, so his speed is really good. Uh, like the other two guys that we already talked about, his burst through the through the line, but then he he does have that home run threat ability. Um, I mean, he was fifth in the nation in rushing this year, only behind Lou Nichols, Kenneth Walker, Tyler Beatty, and Sean Tucker. I mean, what more can I say? There, there is no more because everything's. What is that? Um, this yellow, the cold play. Everything's yellow. Uh, everything's fucking green for sincere McCormick. Right? Everything's fucking green. Old boy lets it ride real quick, real well. A big fan of his. And the nice thing for him when we're talking about these guys is, and we talked pre-show about pass blocking and how it's difficult. And Brees Hall, you know, he, he didn't get a bunch of opportunities and he did okay. And Damian Pierce graded out pretty well PFF. For Sincere McCormick, he had a, he had a grade of, an average grade of, what's that? I think it's like 65 round. An average grade of 65 for his pass blocking, which is good because again, when you talk about these dudes, you need to address what they're able to bring as a third and down option. Cause that's where a lot of their 
it's where a lot of their work sort of comes by. They come with their pass blocking and special teams contributions, which is why it's so important to kind of take all that into consideration. What do you feel like his best or his most translatable skill is when you come into the NFL? Probably that vision and that, and that burst that we spoke about. Uh, he's able to see small holes in the line. He gets small through there and then he's able to burst through uh, to that next, to that second level. Um, and like I said, he does have that home run threat. Uh, I'm not sure what his his projected 40 times going to be, um, but he's his game speed is 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 really good. Um, so I mean, I think that those those traits right there are going to at least give him an opportunity. Um, I know that we don't talk. We're not. I'm not very good at comps, but somebody that I can kind of see similar uh, is him kind of being that next Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Jones came from UTEP. Mm-hmm. Now. I don't think Sincere McCormick has the uh, the receiving ability of an Aaron Jones, um, but he could be that next small school guy to at least latch on to a team and then at some point, maybe a year down the line, establish a role. Now, you mentioned his, his receiving ability. Would you say that is one of his weaknesses that kind of concern you the most, or is there something else that kind of creates a little doubt in your mind with him? Yeah, I, I think that the, the receptions are, are a little concerning. Um, he, he had 23 receptions this year, and then he had 19 and, and 23 the year before. It could just be a case of they don't use him. Uh, they, they, they did ride him to a, a Conference USA title. Um, so that could have just been, you know, when he was getting a breather. You know what I mean? A lot of, a lot of colleges these days are doing that with their, with their bell cows. Um, so that's a little concerning. His contact balance is a little concerning. He does go down fairly easily on contact. So he'll need to, he'll need to be, he'll need to get stronger uh, in the lower half a little bit. And then the level of competition, like we, he's, he played in the conference USA. Uh, You don't see conference USA running backs make it to the NFL unless they're Aaron Jones. Right. So uh, I mean, statistically it's probably not likely, um, but I'm not a statistics guy. Uh, (laughs) But I am. That's why I have you, my buddy. Yes, Uh, sir. But I mean, he's he's got some skills that could translate. You know, I mean, he could just be a a backup running back uh, for for his career in the day of COVID. That could be that could be meaningful. Like we were talking about earlier, um, Chuba Hubbard had a couple of games where he was serviceable. You know what I mean? So I'm really high on McCormick. I'm probably in the minority. Um, but like I said, everything after three is fairly fluid. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it truly is. And so speaking of statistics, we're just going to run over some things just from a productivity standpoint, market share standpoint. He had 57% of the rushing market share in his 2021 season. It was a progressively got better and better. He had the same percentage in 2020. He had a the one concern, which you mentioned, Rich, regarding the receiving and such, his target share went down every year. So he started at 7.1%, which is solid, and then went to 6.76% which is better or which is okay. And then 5.15%, which is fine. But like we mentioned with Pierce, it's not great. And it, the fact that he hit 7% one season is good and great. The fact that it went down each year following isn't wonderful. And it is going to bring questions of why, right? Why did he get slowly, slowly sort of faded from that receiving role? Because as we know, receiving is important in your PPR and it's, it's the, Points per opportunity is exceptionally higher as a, for a target than a rush, right? 
He did account for 32% of the total offense in 2021, 31% in 2020. I mean, shit, he counted for 25% of it in 2019. The dude didn't have a season where he didn't have a thou- over 1,000 total scrimmage yards. Now, from a st- metric standpoint, and this is probably my favorite, every year he played, he had above a two he had above two yards per team attempt in 2019. He had 2.2 in 2020 at 2.95 in 2021. He had 2.67. So just to put that in perspective, those are all 79th percentile or higher. Just absolutely phenomenal. He broke out his freshman season, which is another really, really strong indicator 29.7. So he was so close to a elite breakout. So goddamn close. Uh, He had a yards created after contact. His best season was in 2019 with 3.8. And then his 2020 season, he had 3.23. In 2021, he had 2.53. That's likely more a role of, of plays, of the amount of plays that he had, not necessarily a decreasing in talent. His missed tackles forced, his best season was in 2020. We had 63 missed tackles forced. And then he followed that up in 2020 with 47, which is 87th percentile. And to tap on, he had a backfield dominator rating above 65 all three years with a high of 74.4 his 2021 season. So he increased, when you look at his chart, which is on the Debbie dashboard, we have a couple of tables where you show your, you have a bar graph and a line graph. In the line graph, if it's going up the right way with years, it's what you want to see. And all of his tables are going up the right way. They're going left to right and elevating, not, not decreasing, they're elevating. It's wonderful. I'm going to break that down for you really quickly. Up is good, friends. Down is bad. You hear to hear first. Life-changing shite. The point being is, is that what this guy offers and brings as a small school prospect, it's, it, it is tantalizing. And, and truly, it's going to be very de- dependent on his draft capital. I don't see him. I mean, he very, I can't say that because like you said, Rich, after three, it's all fluid. It's all yellow. It really is. It, it, it's it's all yellow. But what we what we wanted, what I would like to see, is I'd like to see him blow out of the of the combine. And I I really more curious about his gauntlet um, and his lateral agility. But we'll get there later on my other show when I drop it after this one. And then I want I want to see him get drafted at least in the fourth round. Uh, I I am slowly transitioning draft capital. I used to think one to three is where it's at, but now with teams phasing out the first round. I think it's important to understand that there's going to be a transition of the draft capital and opportunity uh, relevancy. So I think early fourth, mid fourth, you have to kind of treat that as a late third. Now it's a theory. So I don't know for sure. And we'll get more information as the time goes on, but that's kind of where I'm going to start projecting in terms of draft capital things. So if he meets, meets those thresholds, Oh boy, is going to fly up the rankings for me right now. I got McCormick. I actually bumped him up during this podcast to be completely honest. Cause I'm way too low. Love it. Uh, I have him, let's see, 10, 11, 12. I have running back 13 right now, just behind Tyler Goodson, just ahead of Zamir White. So, Rich, where do you have since your McCormick ranks? So, I have McCormick ranked number 10 right now. Uh, Woo! I have him ahead of Haskins, ahead of White, Zamir White, ahead of Beatty, uh, ahead of Cook, Goodson. I, I like, I love this kid. Um, but, like, like we've, I mean, we've said several times, these are. This is a muck, right? So yeah. in front of him, I have Rashad White, Damian Pierce, Tyler, Tyler Algier with a solid combine. And if he gets, like you said, round four draft capital, I could easily see him being inside of my, say, top six. Oh, yeah. Right. Perfect. And I've actually had that. I've actually had that similar thought that you were just kind of talking aloud that because the, because the NFL is phasing out round one uh, running backs, you really have to shift to 
two, three, and four mm-hmm. being the new one, two, and three. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, so if he if he gets round four capital and puts on and has a good combine, I don't see why why he can't be a producer. No, and and what we mentioned before, he's got the size too. Yeah, and I mean what important. what you want to see from guys from small conferences is them dominate that conference. And he dominated the, con- the conference, you say. I mean, what more can you say? You can't say anything else. Well, I can say is stop reading the show sheet ahead of time, Rich. I'm supposed to ask you what you want to see it. from these lower school guys. But he already. I didn't well, even know that was there. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Just winging it here. We're winging. We're <laughs> flying by the seat of our pants, folks. Seat of our pants. No, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, what do you want to see from running backs in the lower competition? Well, I want to see him fucking dominate. That's what I want to see. I want to see him do yeah. good. <laughs> well, I mean, and I mean, for these le- for these lower conference guys, you have to dominate. You have yeah. to do something to separate yourself from the guys that play in the bigger conferences, right? What do you what did you do in college that is far and away better than say Tyler Beatty? Well, I I completely dominated the conference USA. I was fifth in the nation in rushing. Now, I mean. All, take I it, for, take it for what's yeah take it for what it is it's the conference USA like we keep saying but you can't take that away from him that he dominated exactly. all three years that he was there hundred uh, percent and and he was a legit workhorse the last so his soft, true sophomore year and his true junior year he had 250 uh, carries in 2020 and the 298 carries last year his what he brings to the table is it, it, he brings a nice blend of size and athleticism that it's going to be really good. And I can't wait to see what he does at the combine. Um, God, I hope he's going to the combine. I actually didn't check. I believe uh, he is. I'll check after this podcast to make sure. And, but even if he's not, when I, I, I just, I want to see him test and I can't wait to see what it's like. Um, all in all folks, when it comes to running back, you just, you need to focus on their size and their athleticism and a production. And that's why I love metrics because it offers a easier version of kind of blending all that together for when we're trying to figure out what we want to see and what we want to draft. And, you know, at the end of the day, his, we're going to have our answer in like April 20th, some shit like that. Right. 24th. Yeah. I think it's the 28th or something like that this year. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have our answer that in like the 29th or the 30th, right? The following mm-hmm. days, but yep. it, it, it's going to be important. It's going to be interesting. Almost, almost as interesting as our question of the show. We have a repeat offender or defender or fan. I don't know. I love Dallas. He's a great guy. We had him on last year. We talked about the best of podcasts. We're going to run that crap back and do it again this year, but at salad galore. These are three-parter, so buckle up, emoji, emoji, emoji. Why is Calvin Jr. T- excuse me? Why is Calvin Turner Jr. being ghosted after two seasons of over 1,350 rushing yards? Why did he have two total receptions in those two seasons? Why did he follow it up with 73 flipping rack receiving yard receptions in 2021? Rich, do you have qu- answers to our questions? So I actually don't have any answers to your questions, God, right? Dude. I saw this on the show sheet and I know, obviously I, I know who Calvin Turner is from, from watching some Hawaii games. Yes. I am a sicko and I watch Hawaii games. Um, 
but I, they used him in, as, as more of a weapon at Hawaii. Right. And I, I believe before his two years at Hawaii, he was at Jacksonville state. Right. So that was FCS. He made the bump up to FBS and they kind of used him in, in a running back wide receiver hybrid, similar to Demetric Felton when he was at UCLA. Uh, so, but his, his last season, this last year, it was solid as a wide receiver. He had 74 receptions. Like you mentioned, he had 870 yards, right? So this is somebody that I have not done a deep dive in into, but I'm going to have to go look at him. Right. Um, we're looking at guys later in the drafts, like Brandon's Brandon's favorite. One of his favorite guys is Kyle Phillips, right? Mm -hmm. Has that short area quickness. You don't like him because of the statistics, but this might be a guy that's kind of very similar. You know what I mean? He played, yeah. he obviously played running back uh, earlier in his career. And then he made that slow transition to being a full-time wide receiver this year. Um, from the numbers side of things, I'm not a, st a statistics uh, guy like you, but from the numbers side of this, it's intriguing. Um, so he's That's definitely really somebody that he's definitely somebody that I'm going to have to go look at film wise. Right. Now, obviously negatives for him. He played the mountain West. Yeah. Um you know, let a little bit of lesser competition. Um, but it's a great question. And I, I think I put that on the, on, on the show sheet. This is a really good question. Slightly intrigued. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is, you know, and um, what, what Calvin Turner's done is, is really impressive. It, it really is. Um, because to be honest, I, I, I thought, I thought we were talking about, um, the wide receiver from Memphis. What's his name? Calvin. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his fucking name? Austin, some shit, right? Calvin Austin, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, Calvin Austin. Um, who's and, like 5'6. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and I was like, well, that, I'm, he's like, why isn't he getting ghosted? Like, well, he's getting ghosted because he's like as tall as my buddy at my at his birthday party the other day. He was like up to my belly button. Oh boy, who's going to get wrecked? But I mean, I just messaged on our dashboard that we should add Calvin Turner into our, our dashboard because what he's done his his senior or his uh, second year it's it's impressive and so dallas i don't have answers why he's being ghosted after 1350 rushing yards and why he had this sudden huge influx in receiving yards only that good players do good things and it sounds like hawaii recognized what they had and they took full advantage of him and so i'm excited to see what he's able to do definitely someone that i'm going to have to actually rank in my top 50 when we're looking, when I'm looking at my rankings, because I, I, I just, I didn't, so I, I don't have answers, but damn it. I will give you answers shortly. All right. That's, I can guarantee that uh, overall rich. Thank you so much for your answers, for your information, for your time. The outtakes will be great. So make sure you stick with them afterwards. Rich is one, one more time, guys, you can find rich at fanatics underscore rich. That's R I C H. You can get rich like rich if you follow him on Twitter. See tagline. Uh, you can find him on the Debbie dashboard. You can listen. You can plug in Debbie deep dive into your preferred app to listen to things. And you will hear my voice. You'll hear Rich's voice and you'll hear a lot of other small people's or small, smart people's voices in that and that in on that platform as well. Is there any last thing you'd like to say, Rich? No, not at all. I really appreciate having me on. I had a lot of fun. I look forward to doing this again. Yes, sir. I can't wait. I love it. I'm doing the 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 workaround with the dashboard crew, and it's been so much fun. So so much fun. 
everyone, you know the spiel by now, right? Honestly, go hit up Brandon at Debbie Deep Dive. Go buy him a case of beer and get this dashboard and get this information. It comes with a metrics dashboard. It comes with 250 people willing to answer any and all of your questions on Slack. It comes with film reviews. It comes with rankings. It comes with in-depth analysis. The Notion database is out of this world. And the amount of work that he's put into and other people is bananas. You can also find my dynasty rankings on there because, well, I guess they're good enough to be paid for. I don't get it, but they said they were. So I said, sure, what the hell? I'll put them on there. I do smart things sometimes, but ultimately, thank you so much for your time. Your time is valuable and it means a lot that you spend it with us. So I really appreciate you. Make sure you go check in on your loved ones. Tell them you love them. Make sure you spend time with them because who the hell knows? We could be in World War III tomorrow. We don't fucking know. So make sure you take care. Okay? Have a beautiful day. Enjoy your week. And I'll hear me still here soon. Okay? That's the podcast. Peace! Well done. Whoa, I just fell off a fucking cliff halfway through that show, man. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm like coming in. I'm like, oh I'm dying. I'm melting. Or I need him to go Boku, archaic fucking dinosaurs. What I thought you're giving me a kiss. From Spain. Oh, what? I thought you're giving me a kiss. I have I have Zappy in there just because I think he's gonna get he's gonna get day two capital. Mm, um, I mean he looks late. so bad. Shit, I think I think I also have Caleb Ellaby in there. As like a late, late. Fuck you, CJ Verdell. You're a piece of shit anyways. Because they're talking about Jerome Ford not getting not getting drafted until like round five right now. Like if he gets drafted in round five, he's going to plummet. I'm not going to take him. I. It's going to be really interesting because I think a lot of it is, is that I think we're getting or into the smoke season already, which is a little early as usual. Um, And then we're also just finally seen what everyone's been saying and got roasted for all last year of saying how shitty this class is yeah there's there's people still saying how this class is good i'm like I, like the depth is good but the the problem is that there's no top end talent yeah you know right. so the top end talent drives everybody else down it puts them in proper slots mm-hmm. without that you're reaching what's up little dude he says hi mm-hmm. say hi Hi. <laughs> Whoa. How old are you, little dude? Say I'm four. I'm four. How old, what's your name? Victoria. Wow. Victoria, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? <gasps> what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Coffee ice cream. Oh, girl, what a good flavor. <laughs> <laughs>